Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, February 8th. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we talk taxes and infrastructure with House Democratic Minority Leader Robert Johnson. Then, a look at the future of medical marijuana. And Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley says there's no such thing as a free tablet. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Representative Robert Johnson took the podium at the Stennis Capitol Press Forum yesterday. Johnson's a Democrat from Natchez. He currently serves as minority leader in the state house. He addressed focus his address rather focused on perhaps the biggest question facing all legislators at the moment: what to do with the war chest of federal money that's poured into the state. When I go back home, People who work every day, nurses who are driving to the hospitals, teachers who are going to school, they want to know whether or not did I get to $3.5 million to pay Morgantown Road because they can't travel that road anymore. They need to figure out how to make it, you know, make it work. People at the hospital want to know, can I keep my job? How do we end up keeping it open? We're still a rural state. We're still an agriculture state uh, for the most part. And so if you can't move stuff back and forth, you can't get anything done. MPB's Kobe Vance caught up with Johnson shortly after he left the podium. What are some of your priorities as you continue through the legislative session this year? Um, you know, we've gone through a lot so far, but what do you think is next, at least for the Democratic Party in the House? Well, we, we continue to want to get the infrastructure support and the uh, uh, enhanced pay for frontline workers that I think is available under the uh, under the under the ARPA funds. We also there are also issues where even though hospitals need the help that we that, that they need, I mean our federally qualified community health centers uh, have programs in place where they treat everybody who are, are poor or otherwise, and I think those kind of programs are programs that are, are the uh, mainstay in small rural communities, and we want to make sure they get the funding that they deserve. During your uh, speak earlier your speech earlier you spoke at length about infrastructure and how yes. that also plays into health care yes. as well as education and jobs you know what do you see is the importance of addressing infrastructure in mississippi first well I, i've said that i just don't I, I don't feel as confident about 
getting that done right now. But I think that's what you do first before you do anything. I mean, you, you can improve your hospital, you can improve your school, but if, if your infrastructure is bad, it doesn't do those, any of those things any good. You have to start with water and sewer and roads and bridges. You have to do that. And I think that's what we need to do. And, again, this is a perfect opportunity with this one-time money to get that done, and we, we, ought to, we ought to use some of it to address at least the most urgent needs that we have in infrastructure, and that's water and sewer. We need to do that. A lot of rural hospitals in Mississippi are facing crisis right now as they have low staffing in their facilities and they're underfunded. You know, what do you think could be done to help those hospitals that are serving their local communities? Well, one thing you can do is uh, expand Medicaid. But they also, the hospitals pay a tax every year. And they're paying a tax and they're also losing money because we hadn't uh, expanded Medicaid. So one of the things we can do, and I've seen this proposal, and I think it makes sense, that we could give at least a two- or three-year tax abatement that the hospitals don't have to pay, and they can use that money to reinvest and pay employees. So if we're not going to expand Medicaid, we ought to at least, as we talk about, and we can afford to do it, we, can, we at least ought to give hospitals a relief so they can at least stay open until we can come to some reasoning about Medicaid expansion. Speaking of affording, you know, what are your thoughts on the current tax plans that are being proposed? I know the House has already passed a bill that would eliminate the state income tax, and the Senate's proposing a plan that would not eliminate the income tax but would cut a lot of taxes in the state. What are your thoughts on those two plans that are currently out there? Well, I voted for the House plan because I, I, I at least had some input in the House plan. The elimination, not elimination, but reduction of the of the uh, of the, of the sales tax on groceries was important, and the uh, re- reduction of car tax was, was important. And I think being able to collect money from people we've been giving a tax uh, break to for years, some companies, some industries, that we need to do more of that, that we can recoup that money. So we, it, it's a, we, we replace the money we are losing on income tax with money that we're going to collect from businesses we've been getting a break to for 20, 30 years or more. And so I'm comfortable with that balance being struck and comfortable with the idea that we won't lose money and we'll still have money available. Lawmakers in the Senate have passed a bill that would, in name of the bill, it would address critical race theory in Mississippi. In practicality, and what the bill actually says, it would prevent specifically teachings that any one race, sex, ethnicity, or uh, religion is better or are superior or inferior to others. You know, what are your thoughts on that bill, and what do you think uh, Democrats in the House will do whenever it's taken up? The Democrats in the House will oppose that bill vehemently. I think history is history. We don't have to judge it and decide how it makes any. You can't, you can't measure how anybody feels. That's not what history does. History will make you feel a certain way. It may make you feel bad. It may make you feel encouraged. It may make you feel guilty about something that happened that, that was associated with somebody you know. But that's what history does. And so I don't think that's a practical way to teach. I don't think it's the right way to teach. I think it's offensive. I think it violates uh, free speech. And I think we need to oppose it and, and, and get out of the business of trying to regulate how people feel. And let's just teach facts. And so this idea about talking about how somebody feels or how it makes somebody feels is ridiculous and is, 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 not, is not measurable and there's no way to regulate that. And the last question I had for you is uh, on redistricting. You mentioned earlier that you're, it's likely that uh, somebody might sue the state um, about the redistricting process and yeah. congressional redistricting yes. I should say, specifically. Um, what do you think that might look like here in Mississippi? So there, there are two, two obvious factors that are in our statute that I don't think the, the congressional redistricting plan meets. I don't think it's compact, and I don't think it represents 
a district that has community that has complete communities of interest. And so I think it violates those two parts of the statute. And what a lawsuit would look like, it'll go to federal court, and, and if we get the right panel of judges, they'll look at it and look at where it violates the statute. And I, I, what I would hope would happen, they would demand that we re redraw the district or that they will redraw it for us. Robert Johnson is Mississippi's Democratic House Minority Leader. Coming up, a look at the future of medical marijuana. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Call him the Gestalt Governor. Tate Reeves last week signed a bill to make planting, growing, and harvesting medical marijuana legal in the state. But of course, the governor's signature doesn't mean you'll be able to swing by a dispensary tomorrow to pick up a little pot. Instead, cannabis patients and providers are staring down a gauntlet of logistical hurdles that it take months to clear before a program is fully in effect. Melvin Robinson is with an organization called the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association. We were founded to promote the growth of a responsible and a legitimate cannabis industry in the state. Um, we formed in November of 2020 a group of people that came from different um, political backgrounds, different social backgrounds and everything like this, and we decided to uh, create the organization. So do you pay dues? Is this just for people who want to operate a business associated with medical marijuana? Well, it is a trade association. And uh, there are membership dues. Uh, we do have a individual membership, and we do have business memberships as well. So we deal with uh, not just medical cannabis because um, the industry is expanding so much, and you have different things like coming down, like possibly uh, legalization at the federal level that we decided to actually uh, be over uh, a trade, uh, the trade of it, not just uh, medical marijuana. So if we eventually would have an adult use market, we will also uh, deal with that as well. But right now, we're dealing with the uh, medical industry that we have in the state. Now that medical marijuana is legal, what's the next steps for your organization? The next steps for our organization, uh, right now, we're just preparing for um, licenses to be uh, given out to different businesses and everything like that. Licenses to be given out to businesses, uh, making sure patients have um, medical cards and we'll have access to those and just things like that, just generally just making sure the industry is up and running. I know a lot of people only think about like cultivators or like dispensaries, but we also deal with a lot of ancillary businesses as well, the people who want to like do those kind of things like uh, transportation or um, testing or uh, insurance or people that, you know, deal in packaging and everything like that. But serving as a reference point? Yes, serving as a reference point for sure. There are taxes involved. I see that the Mississippi Department of Revenue will be responsible for licensing medical cannabis dispensaries. What can you tell us about that? Yes, there will be taxes involved. Uh, there is a 7% sale tax and a 5% uh, excise tax. I think that excise tax was a point of contention for a lot of uh, legislators during 
uh, the discussions about the actual bill. Uh, because medical cannabis, uh, it would be a medical product, but it would also be one of the only medical products that is taxed in the state. So I think that was a point um, of contention for a lot of people. And, um, you know, it's there. Uh, we, we, have, we have a bill. Uh, it's not a perfect bill. Uh, hopefully uh, a couple of things will be done about that uh, next session or, you know, sessions in the future. But, yeah, it's there. Okay, so what are the ways that cultivators are going to be able to grow the product? Uh, so right now we have a indoor grow. There is no outdoor grow allowed for this program. Uh, it's mostly just indoor. Uh, people can do that. They also have a, um, a way that they grow called vertical integration. And vertical integration is basically where you grow the product there and um, – you handle all aspects of it, from the growing, uh, the curing of the product, everything like that, and it will ship out to different dispensaries then uh, all in one building. And a lot of uh, growers we have talked to, a lot of people that are interested in the industry, they are going that route, uh, vertical integration. And, um, yeah, those are a lot of the ways that a lot of people are going to do it here, um, at least the ones we've talked to. So with all of this coming together, it looks like medical marijuana won't be available for patients until closer to the end of the year? Uh, yes. Um, so 120 days after the bill uh, goes into law is when uh, certain businesses will be able to receive their uh, licenses. And then 150 days. Okay, 60 days after passage, the uh, Mississippi Department of Health will begin issuing registry cards, uh, registry ID cards. 120 days after the passage date, the Department of Health begins accepting applications, uh, registering practitioners, and issuing uh, registry ID cards. And 120, also 120 days after passage, uh, they'll begin licensing medical cannabis businesses other than dispensaries with the licenses being issued uh, within 30 days of the date of application, and then 150 days after the passage, uh, the Department of Health begins licensing dispensaries uh, with licenses issued within 30 days of the date of the application, or whichever is later. So, yeah, that's yeah. 120 days is when um, most places will be able to get their actual license. And uh, for cultivators, the way that the product grows it would be towards the end of the year when they would actually have uh, some product on hand to actually start so patients can actually purchase. Do you know how long it takes product to grow from seed? Um, it just depends. Uh, different companies have different ways that they grow and different methods. Yeah, those harvests totally depend on them. We've heard some say as little as three months. We've heard some say, you know, as, as little as four months. It just all depends. It just depends on the company, honestly. Melvin Robinson is with the Mississippi Cannabis Trade Association. Coming up, Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley says there's no such thing as a free tablet. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippians hoping to participate in a federal broadband access program should be wary of fly-by-night wireless providers. That's according to Brandon Presley, who's the state's Northern District Public Service Commissioner. He tells L. MPB's Robert Lane that the issue first came onto his radar while he was out for a drive in Amory. Coming through town and saw this tent set up advertising free tablets and internet service and so uh, it just looked shady to me so I pulled over and asked one of the ladies that was leaving with one of the tablets you know what was the company handing these out. She had no idea who she had just gotten the tablet from or what service she had just signed up for and um you know, uh, being uh, obviously somebody concerned about waste, fraud, and abuse in these process, uh, in these programs, I stopped and sort of posed as a customer and stood in line with others watching the sales representatives who gave no information to consumers, not even a receipt for the $10 activation fee that they uh, were uh, uh, collecting. And so uh, I questioned the two ladies that were at the table and they said they were with the company called Surge and that they were giving these devices out as part of the federal affordable connectivity program. And um, I know by reading the orders of the FCC uh, that they're supposed to disclose rates, terms, conditions, all the things that consumers would want to know uh, as they sign up for service, and none of that was occurring. They literally had a tent set up with a table uh, and two spiral-bound notebooks like you'd buy at Dollar General. And uh, we're taking customers' personal information. They were taking copies of Medicaid cards, last four digits of Social Security numbers. Uh, and as I said, they did not even have a company logo set up. And these have popped up all over Mississippi. This is an open invitation for waste, fraud, and abuse of a program that is designed to help make broadband affordable to citizens. And so I've reported that to the Inspector General of the FCC, and I've actually talked uh, with Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel's office, uh, highlighting that, you know, I've requested a cease and desist order from the FCC to stop these companies uh, from this type of predatory practice that is uh, what I believe is deceiving many Mississippians because they do not know what they're signing up for, who they're signing up with. Uh, they're simply being given a device and uh, with the possibility of getting bills that could be hundreds of dollars if they go over their data allotted usage or the device will quit working on that data plan. There's, there's no excuse for consumers not getting upfront information. And so I'm trying to sound the alarm uh, to people to beware, ask questions, uh, and for the FCC to issue a cease and desist order to stop these type of practices from this company in our state and across the nation. Can you tell us a little bit more about the relevant program here, the Affordable Connection Program? Yeah, the Affordable Connectivity Program was passed by uh, the first uh, leg of that was called the EBB, uh, the Emergency Broadband Benefit, which was passed under the Trump administration and then uh, reduced from $50 to $30 in the latest package passed by Congress under uh, Biden. And this program, again, supported across both aisles of the political parties, uh, is really designed to make broadband more affordable to citizens who might otherwise not be able to afford it. Uh, students and those sort of um, uh, folks who may be struggling to pay a broadband bill in the middle of this pandemic. So it's a, a program that, that provides a lot of benefits. But these type of operations that I saw yesterday and that I've been getting reports of today, um, 
they are inviting waste, fraud, and abuse of these dollars. And so we we want to protect those funds to make sure Mississippians are getting the best benefit for them and, and Americans are getting the best benefit. And these type of, of companies are, are posing a real threat to, to those funds being wasted. So you believe that sort of the concern here or the play here is that these companies are putting these tablets in the hands of people who don't necessarily understand how much it's going to cost to actually use them and then hitting them with astronomical bills. That's sort of the core of, of what you see as a potential danger yeah, here. Astronaut, they could be getting astronomical bills or they could be getting a device that won't work after they use uh, the internet for a few days or a week. And so, you know, any consumer uh, is supposed to get information up front that details the plan, the rates, the terms, the conditions, and, and how this program works. None of that was being given by a surge. These are, these are practices that fly in the face of reason. And like I said, they just invite uh, the fleecing of this program by bad actors. Surge Phone, probably not a household name for a lot of Mississippians. Do you know much about the company? Well, what we've discovered, it's uh, a strong possibility that um, uh, at least one of the board members of this company uh, was charged and indicted on 14 counts of wire fraud in 2014 and had to pay a $4 million fine. And so we've, we've made that information available to the FCC. And it's just, uh, it gives every appearance of a shady operation. You know, an operation like this is likely going to disproportionately target, obviously, low-income people and also elderly people, people who might not otherwise have access to broadband or Internet. Any thoughts there in terms of who's really in the teeth of this uh, potential yeah, think, nasty I, I situation? Think, yeah, I mean, my opinion is that this this uh, particular uh, company is targeting vulnerable uh, citizens who uh, may be in need of a device, may be in need of Internet service, and they're not telling them one thing about what they're signing up for. Uh, they're interested in making a dollar and fleecing this federal program rather than giving consumers straight-up information. And so uh, I think that these deceptive practices are almost always targeted toward vulnerable citizens, whether they be senior citizens or maybe folks who are struggling uh, right now economically and, and need these devices, uh, I, th I think that there's no doubt in my mind from what I personally saw that this is a fly-by-night type operation that is, that is deceptive and predatory in nature. Brandon Presley is Mississippi's Northern District Public Service Commissioner. Surge Phone did not respond to MPB's request for comment. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Money Talks. Then at 10, it's In Legal Terms. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Have a good day.